0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Well, tonight to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. Well, let's do something different. I, I want you to go to John chapter 4. Turn to John chapter 4. Let's Let's just go with those two verses, and we'll trust God for the rest of that. Um, grateful to God to be, be here tonight. John chapter number 4. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do a couple of verses tonight. and Trust that God will just speak to our hearts. Uh, appreciate what he's done for me the last several days, just as my heart has not been able to kind of get away from the thought. But um, John chapter number 4, the woman at the well was receiving information that she had never heard before. And uh, I believe that many today will hear it for their first time at some point. But um, I think there's a lot of false worship that goes on. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a lot of worship of God, so to speak, that uh, doesn't really... It's not about him. It, it's more about what's going on or the environment or the atmosphere. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't want to call anything particular out, but I just want to say that if it ain't about Jesus and to Jesus, then we've missed the whole point of worship, and uh, I'm grateful to God for his word tonight. Let's start at verse number 21. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Father, thank you for your word. We pray earnestly for the unction of the Spirit that you might speak among us, that every heart would be hearing and receiving too, that we might be obedient to this truth. Change us with it, we humbly pray. Only you can do it, Father. Only the word of truth is able to do what need be done. And so we pray, plant deep within our hearts this truth, this truth, this realization that worship is, is, is of you and that without we worship in the spirit. We've missed that mark. Help us, we pray to understand it, Father, to follow it. We're praying for it as we ask it, believing as we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> True worship. I think there's sometimes that that the little ones get it right. um Sometimes they just say what's on their heart. And and as adults, we get often, I think, corrupted by things such as embarrassment or we're a little shy or ashamed to say something in front of somebody else. uh, Regardless of what it is, we seem to have more problems than the children do. And yet when this woman came to Jesus... She asked a question about where they should worship. She was a Samaritan, and there were certainly issues there. And yet Jesus shared with her the profound truth that true worship, true worship is in the spirit and in the truth, and that the Father seeketh such to worship him. So I want us to look tonight at least at the Scripture and, and try to, Try to allow the Spirit of God just to settle in our heart for a moment as we get right with God concerning worship. Um, I want to preface it by saying, when we ask you to worship, it doesn't necessarily mean you do anything extraordinary, but you got to do something that's real. Um, and, And I can't do that for you, right? I can only worship for me. And you're the only one that can worship for you. Uh, I, I'm afraid that some come into the house of God and they're expectant of the preacher to worship so that they can worship off him. Yeah. Um, that they want somebody uh, to get happy so they can get happy. Uh, that, that's the wrong way to approach worship. Yeah. Amen. If If you're simply trying to drink out of what's run over from someone else's cup, you've missed the whole point. It's more about your own satisfaction at that point. It's more about your own edification than it is the exaltation of Christ. And when we exalt Christ, I believe the Spirit of God, it bears witness to that. And so God help us to recognize this truth. As we look at it, I want to say first that we were made to worship. When we were created, I believe Adam and Eve, the very intent and purpose of God was for Adam and Eve to worship Him. Uh, I believe that's the important thing is we recognize why we worship is because our creator made us to do that. Now, uh, you can see a lot of things in nature and there's certainly things that are awe-inspiring, but when it comes right down to it, God made one creature that was able to worship him. He made one thing, one man, one woman. He He made humans that they could worship him. The creation doesn't, you see, and yet... Man goes about worshiping the creation as opposed to worshiping the creator. And all this knowing that man alone is the one that God created to worship him. Valerie's already said it. Well, you know, God has sought a relationship. He did so with Adam and Eve and then the fall there in the garden separated that and sin came in. And there was a great separation between God. God and man, sin still separates man and yet God has done something to make a way that man might be reconciled back to himself. And that reconciliation allows us Into the presence of God once more It restores the relationship That had been severed by sin And in so doing It allows us to come into the presence of God And in the spirit and in the truth To worship this God That hath saved us Now he's certainly worth worshipping There's no question about that As we think about the omniscient All powerful all wise God That we serve May I say to you today that he is worthy Of all of our praise You'll find from the beginning of the word of God To the end That there is a common theme That God is worthy to be worshipped That he alone is entitled To that worship No man is worthy of worship No creature is worthy of worship Not anything that he has made Is worthy of worship Only God the Father The triune God whom we serve Is worthy of our praise And he ought to get that he ought to get that. We've been made to worship God. Now, if we as God's creatures have been made to worship him, may I say to you, I believe that, that, that declares to you and I that worship is not indifferent to God. When it comes to God, when he, when he looks at what we do, I believe that what we do matters. And, it's, and God's not indifferent to how we worship. He's not indifferent to, to what we do and to what we bring and to the offerings of our praise. I believe it's important to recognize that if God created you to worship, then he's not indifferent to that worship. Yeah. If God created you for the specific purpose of worship, then surely his word is full of direction on how and why and whom we should worship. And so I want us to look at that tonight. I want us to leave tonight recognizing that when we come into the house of God, that, that God is not indifferent to our gathering. God is not somewhere sitting up there preoccupied by some other thing when we gather into his house to worship him. He's not preoccupied or distracted by some other project as we're trying to to call on God and to worship him. May I say that God is looking for you and I to do what he created us to do and that's to worship him. Now men have taken it upon themselves throughout the ages in the history of mankind to worship God in the flesh. Amen, because we worship God in the flesh and all other sorts of things. You can go a ball game and and 100,000 of them will worship them throwing a ball around a field for about three and a half hours they'll cry and they'll sing and they'll laugh and they'll carry on and all of this in a spirit if you want to have it of worship as they as they idolize what it is that they, that entertains them but may I say to you today regardless of who they are may I say that, that worshipping God is not about entertainment worshipping a God is, is not about simply finding something that distracts us or, or brings us into a, a form of gratification to our own soul worshipping God is what the human has been made to do. And God, I don't believe, is indifferent to our worship. If he looks down on New Providence Church tonight, what's he thinking? What is it that he's seeing from you and from me? Is the pastor worshiping him? Are the people worshiping him? Have we truly come to exalt the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Have we truly recognized what God has declared and has given his son a name above every name? That if the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, he's to be worshiped. Do we worship him? If we're categorized today as churches that worship and churches that don't worship, which one are we? Are we people to when we come together we have an intent of our heart to come and worship God? Surely as we come there's an expectation. It happens to all of us. There's an expectation as we come into the house of God and we expect what happened last time to be what it what it is this time. We expect to go to Sunday school, we expect to to do some singing. We expect to have an altar of prayer. We expect to have someone preach to us. We expect all of these things. And yet when it comes right down to it, why is it that I'm expecting something and not realizing that my father has expected something of me as I have come into his presence and approached the throne of grace? have I come to worship? I believe a great number of us simply arrive. We show up we're accounted for, we're glad to have heard the message, it may or may not have helped us, we didn't really engage in prayer, we didn't uh, bear one another's burdens, we didn't seek another's pain, we didn't try to love as we've been called to love, and in the end I have to ask you, did you worship at all? Because in doing these things you see in doing the things that God has called us to do in being what he's called us to be in engaging in this battle in running this race in doing what it is the king has called his servants to do have we worshipped God? It matters to God I believe. If he created us to worship friend it's simple reference to realize that God cares whether or not I worship him. And if my life is not filled with worship, then what is it filled with? Are we indifferent to worship? We can blame it on all kinds of things, but let me see if I can strip that from your corrupt mind. The devil will use every opportunity to tell you that you don't need to be involved. You don't need to worship. You don't need to do your part. Let someone else do it. They're better than you. They're smarter than you. They're brighter than you. All of these other things are simply lies of the enemy. From the bottom to the top, God made man to worship him. And every one of us have a responsibility to worship him in spirit and in truth, to worship God. We owe the homage, the allegiance the Christ, our King, to our Creator, to our Deliverer, our Redeemer. Everything about him demands worship. And yet do we worship. There ought to be a great, a great scrubbing going on in the soul tonight as we recognize compared to the standard of worship whether or not we meet that mark whether or not we've done that as a church. Do we honor God in our prayer? Do we honor God in our testimonies, in our songs? Do we honor God in what we say and what we do in our obedience unto him? Do we honor him in the word that we preach? Do we honor God when we come together? Is it about Christ or is it about us? And if it's about us, we've failed. we failed to worship God. He's not indifferent to our worship. It matters, number one, whether you worship. Some people want to excuse themselves, and I, uh, I don't know, I've never really been in a church where every single person in it worshiped, maybe a time or two. Maybe a time or two, heaven fell and, and everybody in the house got right. And you could just feel that there was a connectivity between us and God that was unbroken in any part of the, any part of the, of the congregation. And yet I find that that likely in every service we've spectators instead of participators. May I say to you, that's absolutely the most horrible sin that we could be guilty of. To be in the presence of the precious and almighty and not lift a hand or a voice or a heart to declare him king. To not do one thing, to honor Christ our Lord who has died in our place. We go to our places or respective places of, of, of employment and we act like that That maybe there is no God. or We don't ever mention God. We don't ever honor God there. We won't live according to the word of God and, and, and let a light shine into this dark world. May I say to you today, when are we going to worship God if it's not each and every day? Just on Sunday. Is that acceptable unto God? Do you think God is indifferent to how you live on Monday? If God created you to worship, do you have some expectation that worship only occurs on Sunday? You think that's God's rule? Is that God's expectation of you and I? Is that we show up on Sunday? By the way, don't come back Sunday night. That worship's not important to God. What about the Wednesday night worship? Do you think God is indifferent to you separating yourselves or absenting yourselves from the house of God and the people of God? You think it matters to God. I do. If God made me to worship, then I believe he is not indifferent to my worship or whether or not I worship. I believe it matters to God whether or not I worship, when I worship, and how I worship. These things, if I was created to worship, I can assure you, the God to whom my worship is should be going, I believe he cares. I believe it matters to him. I believe it matters the commitment that I make to God to engage in worship, to put myself in a place with you and you, and, and that allows me to to be better at to worship, to come together in worship. But not only should I worship in the congregation, I should worship alone. I should have a place and a time. I should have an opportunity within my life each and every day that I can that I can call unto Him and worship Him heart to heart. Not just by myself, not not with anybody else, but just me and him to go into the closet that he said and shut the door and to worship God. Do you think it matters whether or not we worship? Yes, I think it does. Romans 12, the Bible said in verse two that we ought to present ourselves, our bodies, a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. That word can be translated our spiritual worship. Reasonable service, spiritual worship, spiritual worship, reasonable service. These are the things I believe that God is expecting from us who He created to worship him. He is expecting as our reasonable service for us to worship God with all of our heart. And yet we miss that. We miss that. God's not indifferent to my indifference. God's not indifferent to the times when I simply disengaged from the worship. I don't feel like worshiping God, I get it. But when you don't feel like worshiping God, there's an indication, you see, that something is wrong that needs to be made right. There is not a circumstance within your life or mine that the holy God is not able to resolve and reconcile in you and create once again true worship from your heart. Amen. What it is is our own rebellion and our stubbornness, our pride. Our own unwillingness to be honest before God and say, I just don't love you. I just don't worship you. So That's where the, that's where the heart of the matter is. The reason God's not indifferent to worship is because worship's a matter of the heart when we cannot worship, it means our heart is in a bad place. It means our heart needs some work. There's there's something wrong in the soul of of a child of God when they cannot, do not want to worship God. It matters whether or not we worship God. It matters. As I thought about uh, the song, Oh Holy Night, I was trying to remember the words yesterday as I was Humming it to myself, but there was a part of it that struck me as as the crux of the whole thing. Certainly, the song a song of nativity, of a Christmas carol of sorts. But there's a part in the in the song where it says, "Fall on your knees, oh hear the angels' voices." And I thought to myself, "That's the key. That's where we miss it." You see. We want to engage in those things that are that are edifying to the flesh. We want those things that 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 we enjoy. We want to hear the carol sung, but we won't we don't want to do the work. We don't want to worship God as the song is calling us to do. We just want to sing we just we just want to make some kind of merry noise and and enjoy the sound in our own heart, and we somehow think that God has received the same thing that our pitiful flesh has received. But may I say until we fall on our knees and worship God, we've missed it. We've missed it. We carry on with things that that do not worship God. We go about with things and certainly some can be contributed to the tradition or just the way it is. But when it comes right down to it, if we don't worship, why did we do it? You can come in here and sing a thousand songs, but if we did not worship God in them, it is not the quantity of matter. It is the quality that God receives. God doesn't hear not one that doesn't honor Christ. It matters whether or not we worship him. but It also matters who we worship. Not only does it matter whether or not we worship to God, I believe it matters who we worship. Jesus told them, he said, if you honor me, you honor the Father. If you believe me, he said, you believe the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Making clear that our worship, the object of our worship is to be Jesus Christ. Worshiping God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Worshiping the one who died in my place. Here's what I can assure you. Is that when all of our attention is upon Jesus Christ, the Father is honored and worshiped. When the people of God honor Jesus Christ and exalt Jesus Christ, God is pleased with the worship. Everything we do needs to be about Jesus and Jesus alone. So I thought about this, our hymns need to be about Jesus. Thank God most of them are. Most of them are. And as I begin to try to recount and recall in my memory even one time in the last several years that I've heard some of those hymns that ain't about Christ called among us I can't recall it. And you know what I thought of I thought my these good people that God has put me among they know the difference. Let me give you a song that we don't sing. One of them is if I could hear my mother pray again. I looked it up while I was sitting there a second ago. You can flip over in the back of the book and there is a section just on mama. There are six songs in this song book that are just about your mother. Now, I love my mother and I respect my mother and I hope to God I honor my mother till the day she's gone or I am. But I'll tell you what I don't do. I do not worship my mother. There ain't no place for that hymn in the house of God. We don't worship mothers. We worship Jesus Christ and him alone. We don't worship sentimentalism. We don't worship other things. We worship one thing, and that is the holy God of heaven. He alone is the object of our worship. I was tickled to death when I realized we ain't sung that one in a long... I can't remember ever singing that one. If we've sung it, it's been a long time. The rest of them, we don't even know them. Because we've never sung them. You know why? Because I believe at the heart mostly is a desire to sing about the one who's worthy of our Praise. Let me tell you something. I hope to God that I can give my mother her flowers while she's yet alive. And I owe a lot, absolutely, to her prayers and her support over the many a year. But may I say to you, she's not my savior. She's not my (laughs) redeemer. She's not the one that saved me and will keep me and will deliver me. And She's trusting the same one I am. I'm worshiping Jesus and Jesus alone. When the object of our worship is Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with that. It'll bear witness with that. I love and, and have tested it time and time again. We can come in here and there may not be a handful of us, but when we earnestly begin to sing to him, you know what happens? The Holy Spirit, amen, just like electricity begins to move among us, amen, and it begins to edify the saints and, it, and that glory, amen, there is a conduit opened up to God, amen, and the worship begins to go to the Father. That's a good time, amen, when we get to worshiping him. It matters whether we worship and it matters what we worship, who we worship. And if we're not worshiping Christ then we're simply not worshiping. What Jesus told the woman at the well was, he said those that were the true worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he told her, he told her in verse 26, he said, God is a spirit, you see. You can't just worship God any old way. God is a spirit. He is invisible and I'm visible. He's immortal and I'm mortal. That's two different things. You say, how in the world can, can two so completely different things worship Because there is a spirit that bears witness between me and him. The Holy Spirit of the divine God hath been placed in my heart that I might be able to worship Christ. He said, does that mean the lost man can't worship God? They can certainly worship in the flesh, but I don't know that God honors any worship unless it's in the spirit. True worship, he said, is of the spirit and the truth. Let me ask you a question. When you worship God... Are you truly are you truly sending your offering unto the Father? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have just sat there and sung the song? Right? We've sung it a thousand times. You don't even need the book anymore. And so you just sing along. Listen, if all we want to do is sing along, we'd just meet at the house. What we need is, we need worship. And I believe from the first song we sing, it ought to be something that's going under the Father. It ought to be something that we are directly trying to offer up unto God. It may not sound good. It may not be good. But when the Holy Spirit becomes a part of it, it'll become worship unto the King who is worthy of it. Yeah. I'd advise you today, let me give you a good exercise open up the book and read the words. You say, I already know them. Read them. There's a profound difference of just working off one's memory that often allows you to abstractly pass by the meaning of something. How many road signs have you passed a thousand times in your life and somebody asks you, what's the name of that road? And you'll go, I don't know. But oh, when I open that book, I'm, I've been in this a long time. I know most of these songs, but I like to open a book and I like to read about Jesus. And you know what it does? It confirms for me that what I am doing is offering up unto God something that is praiseworthy, something that honors God, something that speaks of Christ and Christ alone, something that is of a nature of worship. It matters whether or not we worship, it matters who we worship. <coughs> these are these are important truths, and and as we as we work in our own hearts to try to try the best we can to worship God, we need to be reminded of just a couple of things as we close. John John said it like this as Jesus spoke it to the woman at the well. He said, true worshipers have got to worship him in spirit and in truth. So let me me reverse that kind and and share it this way. Number one is our worship needs to be biblical. It needs to be biblical. Uh, I don't know that we've got it right, but I've certainly tried. As the under shepherd, it has been my intent most of my life to try to figure out how to properly worship God. And when I learn something and when I hear something and when God moves in my heart to do something, I, I like to try. You know why we stand and sing that first song? is biblical. Not to sing one song, but to sing a lot of songs. To sing songs, to stand and worship God is a biblical concept. Do You know why we pray? That's biblical. Right? That, is, that is a part of our worship and, and it is a necessary component of worship. Prayer is worship. So we pray before we start, we pray in the middle, we pray after we, after we read the scripture, we pray we pray all the time. I hope to God it's worship, right? I hope to God that when we pray, it's worship that we're doing is biblical, that it is truth. The Bible said that we're to worship Him in spirit, and in truth, what we worship and how we worship it should be biblical. I remember when I was in the book of Nehemiah and I'd always saw people stand when, they, when the scripture was read. Wasn't in this church. I'd seen that before. When I come across that, when Ezra got up in the pulpit and he had the book and the Bible said all of God's people stood up. You know what I realized? That is a biblical response to the word of God. And you know what? God God accepted that. God accepted the worship of their simple act of standing up and honoring God. Now, I get it. <clears throat> there could be 49 of you in here. 48 of you stand up and honor the words of God and the other one stood up just because everybody stood up and he didn't. And that wasn't worship. But when you stand and you honor the reading of God's word because you reverence him as holy and the divine author of all that is true, you worshiped God. that's biblical. That is biblical to sing the, the songs that are written from the truth. There are places that that just sing out of the Bible right The psalms are songs right that every one of them the Jewish people sing them. Why? They're biblical. You can't go wrong with that. you sing singing the very word of God. What we need to do is to try to make sure that what we sing is of the word of God, that what we do in, in, in our everyday act of worship, every Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night when we come, we need to try our best to be as biblical as we can when it comes to worshiping God because the Bible has given us clear examples of it. That, so our, our worship needs to be biblical. But number two, our worship needs to be spiritual. That when, when the Bible said that God is a spirit, that's, that's, a, that's a capital S there. But when he says in verse number, in verse number 23, he said, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. Now look at your Bibles. That is a small s. We are to worship God in spirit, small s. It's not referring to the Holy Spirit here. We are to worship God in spirit and in truth. Let me see if I can help us with that. Some of you got a frown on your face like you you just crossed over a line. Look at your text. When that, when that spirit is a small s, it is referring to the inner man. Yeah. There is a difference between the soul of man and the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. That's why one has a capital in front of his name and ours don't. The soul of man is spirit. You understand that? Man is a triune being, yeah. right? We exist of flesh and, and soul and spirit. We we have components that, that you can't, right? There's a part of me that's invisible. Yep. And to worship God, I've got to worship him with that part. Amen. Yeah. Now, I can do a lot of things, and most people, when they see me, might call it foolish. But if the inner man said do it, and the outer man obeyed, I can tell you, regardless of what the world said, God considered it worship and received it. And so what the Lord was saying to this woman was, he said that true worshipers have got to worship him not only biblically, but they've got to worship him from the heart. They've got to worship him from the inner man. Oh God, I think that's where we've missed it in this world. I think there's a lot of songs wrote about Jesus, but they they never never worship it with him. They, They never exalt Christ with them. They that worship him must worship him in in spirit. Now, you can't manufacture that. You can fake your way through a whole lot of stuff. But God knows the difference. I won't know the difference likely. Now, I've been in services before where, where folks came to entertain me. They didn't come to honor Jesus or worship God. they They come to show me how good they were. And as best of my ability, those ain't been back again. That's just how we do it. Because when we worship God, if I wanted to be entertained, I could go by that. But when I come to the house of God, I I want to be a worshiper. I want to engage in worship from the heart. In a biblical manner, I want to do the very best I can to offer up unto God my praise. You say, preacher, you're, you're going overboard. It really don't matter. Let me take you back to the beginning. Cain offered his, and Abel offered his, and God rejected Cain's. Rejected his walk, which was his worship. You don't think it matters to God how we worship? The, the very first example we have in the Word of God in Genesis chapter three or four, God rejected Cain's offering. Why? Because it wasn't his best. He was trying to worship God with his leftovers. And God said, I won't have it. And he rejected and he accepted Abel's. He said, if you had done good, he said, would I have not received it? He said, no, but sin lieth at your door the heart of unworship, the heart of, of unbiblical or unspiritual worship, something that doesn't come from the soul is because sin lies at the door of each one of us. Now, I'm not a fool. We come in here, and whether it be 100 people in here on Sunday morning or, or 40 people in here, not ever, I'm not fooled. Not everybody's worshiping. There's a lot of riders in this van. They're not participating. But what I'm I'm telling you today is that there is a personal responsibility as a human being. You owe homage and allegiance to the Creator of your very soul, and you better start getting this right, because He rejected Cain's offering. Cain's worship was not acceptable unto God. Is yours. Is your worship something that God receives and is pleased with? Think about this now. I believe when we stand before God these are the kind of things that we will not have thought of and yet will book will be full of. Like the times we had an opportunity Steve to come into the house of God uninhibited by the world. Ain't nobody hindering me. Ain't nobody outside the door chanting, waving flags, holding guns. I have an absolute freedom today to worship Jesus Christ. And yet there are times that we'll come into the house of God and never lift a hand, never say a prayer, never engage our own spirit. And if our spirit ain't involved and it ain't biblical, it ain't worship. For God is a spirit, capital S. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him. Must worship him in spirit. There again, small s, in spirit and in truth. Worship is biblical, but worship is also spiritual. And if we're not worshiping from the heart, from the heart, we, we said this Sunday night. Come get a song. I'm going to close. We said this Wednesday night, I guess it was. It, you know, we, I, we were... How in the world do we concentrate our mind? Right? I mean, most of us uh, work and we, we've got a job through the daytime and and there's all kinds of things that go on. And even if you don't, right, World is, the world is full of distractions and problems and and issues. And then we get these these things that we, we just look in the mirror and say, I'm so tired. You think you're tireder than I am? Right, Really? We use an excuse like that? Detach ourselves from the opportunity to worship Christ. Sin lies at the door, Cain. The problem with your offering is the problem in your heart. You never prepared to worship me, Cain. You didn't care who you were worshiping, Cain. You don't love who you're worshiping, Cain. And so your worship didn't matter. and It was unacceptable. I have rejected it. How many Sundays does God reject the worship coming from this, this place? How many Sundays does he reject people that have just set so that they could spectate or just so that somebody would know they were there and, and they're hoping they won't call them? The issue is, is the heart. Because if you're not right with God, you ain't going to want to worship God. The farthest thing from the flesh is to worship God. To obey God and to worship Him is enmity to the flesh. I can assure you this every time that we come together and truly worship God, we crucified ourselves first. We said no to self first in order that the Spirit, our soul, might be lifted up under God and sing from the heart you realize that when a soul sings that the pitch of the sound is irrelevant to God so i don't sing just you know i can't carry tune and you somehow think that that Clears you from worshiping God? No, from the spirit of man. There needs to be a an earnest desire to worship. So I'm not good at. At what point have you become the judge or standard bearer concerning? What God accepts or don't accept, if it comes from the heart, if it is spirit and in truth, if, right? If it's biblical and it comes from your heart and to Him, He'll receive it. He'll accept it as the most precious possession, even though it was sung off key and out of time. God'll just grab that up. Why? because he's not looking for man's abilities. What he's looking for is the heart of man to sing. And sometimes I believe the greatest sound in the ears of God are those that sing anyway, even though they can't sing. The great, right? Think about it. When Jesus was standing and watching them give their offerings, right in the temple, he was watching it all. And then this this little old widow comes through. And she cashed in two mites. You following me now? Two half pennies. She cashed into the bucket, and Jesus, Jesus, stopped, He said, "Did you see that? What? See what you think is worship may have nothing to do with what God thinks worship." Right You're expecting somebody to get up here and sing like, like some kind of bird and think, "Well, God heard that. God didn't hear that unless it came from that heart. And yet this this poor woman cast in two, two mites into the, box. and Jesus said she put in more than anybody. He said they gave because of their abundance. Some of us sing because we can. Never honor God. That's sin. And then there's some, there's some that that are in this church and they're not gonna be, they're not gonna get the gold star for, for singing down here. But every time God's just raking that in. You know why? Because in spite of whatever hindrance they have, they honor God. They exalt Christ. And God, see, that's worshiping in spirit and in truth. I want us to be a place of worship because when we worship, Christ should be exalted. And when Jesus is lifted up, He'll do the rest. It is incumbent upon the believers of Jesus Christ to prepare their hearts before they come into worship. Right? We just bounce in here and plop down and say, wonder what he's going to preach on now. Never having give a thought that we are approaching the throne of the most holy God and the responsibility I have is not to figure out what the preacher is going to do, but what he wants. Worship. Worship. You know what they're doing in heaven? 100%. Every person, every soul, 100% of the time, they are worshiping him. I believe we can do better. I don't have the ability to compare, but I don't think we're the worst. But I believe we can do a lot better. We'd do a lot better if we just concentrate before we come through the door and saying I'm fixing to meet Jesus. I'm fixing to go into the presence of Jesus' people. And Jesus said we're well, two or three of us gathered together, he was going to be there. And I'm going to get my heart ready because I have something to offer. It's not some grand voice. It's not not some great oratory ability. It's not any of these things. No, what I have to offer is a soul that is surrendered unto God and that loves Christ above everything else. That is what God is looking for. He's looking for a people that will worship him. Do absolutely the best they can from the heart. And then whatever the flesh has to do to keep up with the heart just do it, right? I mean if you got to raise your hands, if you got to raise half a hand, if you got to shout amen, if if you need to run around the church, whatever, the flesh has to do to keep up with it. You just obey God. But let's worship God. Let's come together and worship God. All right, I'm I'm almost I'm almost done. The preaching is worship too. In our hearts, whether it's me, whether it's someone else preaching, we engage in worship as we open our heart and we attentively listen and receive and obey. That's the essence of worship within itself is when we hear, we receive, and we obey. When we simply do what God has instructed us to do, we have honored Christ in our obedience that we have worshipped him as Lord. I'll go back to this. The apostle Paul said it like this, "said God has given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody's going to bow one day. I'd rather bow now with a heart for God, than be made to bow out of fear in the end. There's a reason, you see, that when the wise men, I, I said it this morning, I, when the wise men showed up at Herod, they wanted to know where he was. They said, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have come to worship him. What about you? When you come through the doors of this church, have you come to worship Him on Wednesday night, on Sunday night, every time that we ascend? Have you come to worship Him? Stand as we sing. I don't know your heart today, but if you got a need of Christ, prayers, worship, the songs are worship, everything that we do that exalts Christ and is to Christ from the heart, or to be worshipped and received of God. What about you? Check your heart tonight. If sin lies in the camp, if sin is at the door, deal with it. Get right with God. Admit, confess your, your, your own condition before Him. And He's faithful and just to forgive you. He'll fix what's wrong with you. He'll make a heart within you that can worship. If you need Him tonight, come on, as we sing.